with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good whatever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick. Yeah, get keep it in the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, and all that other hush stuff. Anyways, joining me all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, just above the sinking of the Titanic, is the god of infrasound, Steve Parson. Good afternoon, good evening, good heavens, good riddance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And uh, joining us also tonight is uh, a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite persons. Someday I hope to meet in person someday. She is, of course, Dr. Anne Winspa. The god, the god of, of EVP. Goddess, please. Uh, I'm sorry, I was... damaged gender you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I was going to call her the punk rock parapsychologist, but I changed my mind. Phenomenologist. Oh, yes, that's right. We've, we've already established that. So yeah, psychical phenomenologist. I can't even say that anymore. Whatever. You're lucky it's I like can quinti- speak. Like, it's like quintessential, isn't it? You can't say that. Either. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Quintess- whatever. Anyway. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. <laughs> How many cats do you have just out of no reason at all? At the moment, we have four. Well, God bless you. Yeah, love cats. Absolutely love cats. Anyway, so I, uh, your name came up last week, by the way. Oh, dear. What have I done now? Well, we had this big patu over here in the States. Uh, the uh, head of the morgue at Harvard University was arrested for stealing body parts and selling them. Um, so it wasn't me. <laughs> But Steve was so quick to mention that you have a human skull in your. Uh, uh, no, I said two. Title. I've got two, possibly three. The third one, we're not convinced whether it's human or ape. Ah, okay. So uh, you sent out DNA samples or anything, you know, pull one of those little teeth out and get find out who this gentleman or woman is. No, it's far. It's far more fun to create a myth around them. They are old. They're not. I haven't just gone round to the local Whoa. graveyard with a spade. They are antique. No, no. Oh, Hang on, I've got a question here. How can you not tell it's human? Because it's covered in a vast amount of silver decoration. Ah, right. Oh, so, that would do it. <laughs> could it be in Neanderthal? No. Um, could it be Polish? It's um, sort of from Thailand-ish area. Uh, it's an offer. You can take the top of the skull off and it's lined in silver. They use it to put things in for ceremonies. But it's got uh, silver dragons up the side and little silver skulls all around no, it. Could it. Could be a monkey skull then? Because then they eat the monkey yeah. brains, they would cut the top off and then... They... 
scoop them they out. They usually use human skulls, but I it's quite small, so I suspect it's more of a monkey one. Ah, not fooling you. So, anyways, thank you for joining. I didn't really call here to talk about your skulls or cats, but uh, um, I am absolutely uh, interested in a topic that Steve and I have mentioned a billion times in the show, and that is time slips. Oh. And I, I understand you know quite a bit about them. Yeah, we mentioned it only next week. <laughs> I thought it was the week after. Silly man. So, uh, we, we, you know, we, we've got, we thought of different things. You know, we banned we, we our ideas around. And one of the ideas that we came about is some of these photographs that have made their ways onto uh, the internet, which everything on here is true, of course, uh, with some of these people that were supposedly time travelers. And we had talked about the idea that perhaps these people weren't really time travelers, but really caught in a time slip. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I have to say most of the pictures I've seen do have a normal explanation. Uh, you know, the, the ones where they say, oh, look, it's somebody on a mobile phone when it mm -hmm. actually isn't. Um, there's quite a lot of those. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen a few recently with, look, these people are wearing really unusual clothes. Well, come on, Steve, you and me have worn unusual Ooh. clothes for most of our lives. So, you know. Well, my favourite really... has been, was always the sunglasses guy. You know, the guy in the... Um... Oh yeah, yeah, the ray bands or whatever. Yeah, the ray bands. Yeah, yeah. And then they went back and said, actually, no, there's that particular model um, yes. on sale in whenever it was, 1927. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Because you know, people people see somebody walking along a road in a photograph, looking at something in their hand, and immediately assume it must be a mobile phone because that's what everyone does nowadays. Whereas in fact, it. <laughs> People did walk along looking at things in years past. They just weren't mobile phones. Yeah, they so, could be in a photograph, right, in a small frame. And, or a notebook or anything. Notebook, yeah, Funnily enough, we've got a statue here in Pembrokeshire. They, they put it up a couple of years ago. And it's of a well-known medieval knight on horseback. And in his right hand, he's carrying a charter, um, you know, to symbolise the charter of the town of Pembroke. But whenever you look at it, you can't help, and everybody does it. Um, it looks just like he's checking directions on a mobile phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like we are so programmed now, as Anne said, to, you know, oh, they're walking along, you know, then they fall down a manhole. Or it's kind of a pareidolia, right? A, a current pareidolia where yeah. you look at something in, in your time period and, and therefore you associate it with something in your time period. Yes, although we did go to um, Den Bosch in the Netherlands and we had a tour of the roof of the cathedral to see all the gargoyles and the grotesques. And there was one figure there that was an angel wearing jeans with a mobile phone. And it turned mm. out that's actually what it was because they had some restoration work done and <coughs> one of the stonemasons created it as a bit of a... Well, it was, he said it was sort of a joke, but he said it was to symbolise a direct line to God, hence it was on the cathedral. So, you know. There's an astronaut again. on another one, isn't there? 
not not Den Bosch, but there's another cathedral where yes, yes, there yeah, is. they're all going. Oh my God! Look, proof of ancient aliens, uh, ancient spacemen oh, on this medieval cathedral. No, it was done in 1973 to celebrate mm. you know, Man on the Moon. Yeah. <laughs> but so on that line, though, even though you don't, you've discounted most of the everything you've seen on on the internet as far as photographs is. is well, you should. Uh, is it possible? I mean, we can go, we, 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 you know, we talk about people in our century going into time slips from the past. Is it possible to time slip into the future? Yes, there's been reports of potential time slips into the future. Of course, it's a lot harder to verify those because you've got nothing to compare it to. Somebody says everything went a bit strange and I saw this building with a thatched roof and a woman living in it. You can look back in the historical record. If someone says everything was a bit strange and shiny and people were in flying cars, you know, you've got nothing to compare it to to say, yes, you went to the future. Right. But... Can I, we... can I just jump in? Anne, do yeah, you of course remember... you can, Steve. I was just going to say, Anne, do you remember Chingle Hall and Dave V slapping the air? Yes. <laughs> and, we, and people, there was an investigator, he was a little bit cranky, and we were doing an investigation of Chingle Hall. He wasn't, you know, part of what we were doing. Um, but the owner was telling us that he would randomly, you know, in the middle of a conversation or whilst walking around the Great Hall, it wasn't that great, it was quite small, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. he would suddenly lash out at the air in front of him in a big sort of slapping motion. He said, what are you, why, why are you doing that? He said, well, in 300 years, there'll be somebody sat here and they're going to get slapped across the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, what go. actually happened was rather than 300 years later, 20 minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> a very loud slap. <laughs> that was Moncaster Castle, that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but how, do, I mean, how do we distinguish between who's in the time slip and who's not? Why couldn't, for instance, uh, you know, there's a report from Mark Nesbitt from Gettysburg where these people go in a hotel, uh, they take the elevator, goes all the way to the basement, opens up, and, and all of a sudden, they're in uh, a, a uh, situation where they're all Civil War soldiers that tend to wounded and everything, and they actually recognize the people, and they they head the uh, the people, the soldiers head towards the elevator, and of course they panic and because they were women. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. Uh, they panicked and closed close the elevator doors. But how do we know that the Civil War soldiers didn't time slip into the future? Uh, their future versus the people in the elevator time slipping into the Civil War era. We have quite a lot of reports of people from our time appearing to slip back into the past where they actually interact with the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people there do look at them a bit strangely, like, what are they doing here? They don't look right. So, yes, I firmly believe that it happens both ways. It's just unfortunate that we don't seem to have 
a, a large body of evidence from many years ago of people saying, I saw these really strange looking people. We haven't been able to tie things up, but definitely people who report going back in time interact with people. Is there any video of evidence of any time slip? Not that I'm aware of. That's one of the things we've said for years. If anybody experiences a time slip, let us know straight away so we can go and look at CCTV footage and see what's actually on it. But nobody's ever got back to us in quick enough time for us to be able to do that. I suspect it's a bit like the old ghost thing. You're never actually going to catch it. It happens and you go, damn, we're too late to pick it up or the CCTV was off or, you know, the same as when you're out looking for ghosts. It's, oh, the recorder was off. Oh, the video was off. It's well, always the same. Where there may be a, um, an audio recording of a time slip. There is? There That's may be. In our, in our, in our, in our it, archive, we have an audio. So there's a slightly different type of time slip, that. It was still a time slip, but it was slightly different. Some elements were the same, but some elements were slightly different. Yeah. I think yeah, because so the It may be, you know, an example of um, some evidence mm. of. Well, you have to explain this a little bit more. I mean, how do you it's know you're actually capturing a time slip? Well, at the time, um, we didn't. But subsequently to playing back the recording, basically, we were looking at a an old church in the middle of nowhere in Cheshire, mm -hmm. where there is a number of hauntings that were interesting us. But also, whilst there, there had been some unusual... I wouldn't describe them as time slips, but moments of lost time would be more accurate. And on one of the occasions, we set up an audio recorder um, outside of the church door and pressed the play. And as routine would always do, we read the time from the wristwatch and said, you know, whatever time it was. And... The intention was to leave the recorder running for about 30 minutes. Um, so I say the time, you hear us walk away from the recorder. Almost immediately, it started to rain and rain quite heavily. So I turned around on the path, walked back to pick up the recorder and salvage it from the rain so it wasn't damaged. And then we all retreated back to the car realised that this rain wasn't going to stop anytime soon and abandoned the whole thing. Mm. And I played back the recording. Now, you hear me say the time, you hear me walk away. Um, now, everybody there, the four people that were there, recollect that we barely got out of the halfway up the path when the rain started. Yet the tape runs for nearly 20 minutes before you hear me walk back to collect in a hurry, you know, the, oh, yeah, the rain and blah, blah, blah. So the tape lasts for 20 minutes, but our perception of the event was about 30 seconds. 30 seconds? 
it wasn't even that long, but you know, the total duration of the event, we'd walk. Seriously, you just set it up, put it on the ground. How, how long was the path? Um, walking away. I mean, you had 30 probably, seconds and walking back is, is probably what, 20, 30 yards, that path. And we got halfway. Yeah. So, but the tape ran without problem for 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, okay. At normal playback speed. There was nothing wrong with the batteries. Was what was on the, what was on the tape? And just, the noises that you would expect to be on the tape and it was a brand new tape so you heard did you, did you hear rain you did right at the very end of it um at the end of the 20 minutes you heard the, the sort of pitter patter and then the crunch of the the noises of i came back the path back down the path and picked up and then you hear me picking up the recorder and the the recorder noises interesting but our perception of it was barely 30 seconds That is intriguing. I, I like that one. I'm not necessarily thinking maybe it was a time slip, but it's certainly... well, it was, we we had a number of lost time moments at that church, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, we did. The problem is time is so elusive. It's so uh, uh, it's perception of time. It changes you know, per, per person, per event, per, it makes it difficult to really judge time as, as real time that uh, actually transpired. Depends what you're doing. I mean, if we've, oh, yeah, if we've gone somewhere to specifically investigate something, we're pretty much aware of the time because we're noting times and right. seeing how long it takes for doing things and how long things last. So, if you're just going for a wander and not particularly thinking about it, it is very easy to lose track of where you are in time. But certainly on investigations, we're we're pretty good at knowing where we are and how long things have been because we're yeah. checking all the time. We're checking watches. That makes sense in, in a way because I know that, however, some some investigations are or anything really in, in life that, you know, if something's happening, then you lose time. You actually lose time because you're caught up in the moment. You're caught up in what's going on. And uh, it may actually be longer than what you perceive. Or, or I would say that you're not, as Anne said, I, that doesn't apply to parascience. I, know, I understand. Say, you're not I, very well trained then, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm talking generally and not necessarily anyone in particular. I didn't mean you yeah. guys in, in particular or myself or anyone else. I'm just saying in general, that occurs in normal life. So if we get caught up in something, you know, time flies. Is I mean, there's so many time sayings that because of that deviation that we have of our perception of time. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, in just everyday life, if something happens, it can be quite difficult to recall exactly how long it took. Yeah, so I, I understand how parasaurians works, and, and, and I, yeah, we, we I wasn't, I was not casting these versions upon parasites. Trust me, casting nasturtiums. Casting nasturtiums. Yeah, that's a wrongism. The, the one fine. thing that the one thing that we are very strict on is time control, and you know, documenting the time. We drill it into not just our team but ourselves. Yeah, I'm intrigued of what happened to that recorder in, in so many ways. Uh, well, we still got the recording. We, we you know, we, know, it was archived because it was odd. Yeah. Um, 
it's you know it's not publicly available it's still Which will happen original. to me because i'll be archived because i'm pretty odd you know it, it, it's still we still have the original cassette there's a digital version of it um mm-hmm. to protect the cassette but it's just on its own it's nothing it's just an oddity um you know there is nothing that we can do with it we can't demonstrate anything with it it was just one of those odd things that you collect along the way mm. uh, you know um, I, i'm thinking like trying to trying to figure out in my mind what could happen could have the could have the recorder sped up uh, for some because we of looked the rain. at that <clears throat> no you we know, looked at that some, I all know. of those all of those things we looked technically at the recorder itself whether mm-hmm. because if the batteries have been running flat then the recorder would actually have run more slowly which would right. have meant that the duration of the recording would have been abnormally long but no the batteries were uh, they were brand new fresh and we checked them um after but you did after. mention the rain aspect which is entering this order to an electronic device which is <laughs> certainly the, the recorder was actually under in the church porch um, oh, okay. All right. You didn't really it, give it me was, too much detail, so I'm just it working. It was protected from direct rain. But okay. We would, uh, you know, we were concerned because mm-hmm. obviously it's, it was a fairly expensive piece of equipment. You don't want to leave it out in the rain. Um, but I got back to it long before the rain got to the recorder. Um, you know, we, very intriguing. You know, it's not like um, it was left for a police car to drive over or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can use that again. <laughs> I'll polish out. <laughs> Did you? I mean, there was nothing on the tape. In other words, uh, no, it was a normal recording. I mean, you know, you could hear some animals. You keep saying normal recording, but I mean, well, it was it was normal for the environment. You could hear the wind blowing through the trees, trees, birds, the usual thing. Yeah, oh, okay, all right. Occasional squawk of an owl. You know, the rustle of the the wind blowing through the leaves. Mm-hmm. You hear me walk up the path because I set the recorder. I fade away. That probably takes about, and then, you know, 20 minutes later, you hear like 10 seconds of me coming back to the recorder and grabbing at it and me talking to, I think, Stuart or, or, or Dave, one of the two that were with me. That is very cool. Um, now, but the three of us sitting in the car, we, we hadn't, in fact, I know it was such a short period of time because, as, as you both know, I, I used to be a smoker. As I, no, really? path, as I walked up the path, I lit a cigarette. As I walked back down the path, I still had the cigarette in my mouth, and it, it was, you know, two-thirds of a cigarette. So two or three dr- puffs of a cigarette. That's how short it was in reality. Bearing in mind, Steve used to smoke his cigarettes quite quickly. Mine yeah. would be hardly touched, but his would have been two thirds of the way down. But you know, it literally was a, a, a thing of moments um, to us, but to the recorder, um, it was just shy of 20 minutes. Hmm. That, yeah, that's, that's something that. Do you ever go back there again? Um, we did, and we had a. Was it after the Helen times time weirdness, or before? I can't remember. You know whether it was before or actually. Not. I think the Helen one was later because this was in the spring, and then Helen was in the summer. We oh. hadn't some some weeks later, um, if the chronology is right. Um, 
I had gone there with a member of the team and because my daughter, Helen, who was aged about nine or ten at the time, um, obviously couldn't be left in the house. Her mum was working nights, so I took Helen with us. Um, it was, you know, not a school night, so it was not a big deal. Um, and nine or ten year old little girls being, you know, we we wanted to do some stuff, talk, and nine or ten year old girls just want to, you know, run around and be irritating. So to get rid of her for <laughs> to get rid of her for a few minutes, I said to her, "Run round the church, and I'll time you. And see how fast she can run round the church." Now I had no intention of timing her. I just wanted her to go away for a few minutes. <laughs> Now, we're at one end of a rectangular church building. It's not the longest building in the world. It's probably about 80 foot long and about 40 foot wide, I guess. Um, so we're standing at one one bottom corner of this rectangle. She runs along the long side of the rectangle, turns around the corner. Now, we reckon we've probably got, I don't know, 40 seconds, a minute before she came back. She disappeared around the top corner and then immediately reappeared around the bottom corner. She had completed two sides of the rectangle in the blink of an eye. Hmm. And we were both, both of us there immediately were aghast as, how the hell did you do that? Did you go supersonic or something? So we sent her around again and it took her just less than a minute to complete the the revolution. So you you actually tested this then? Well, we sent around two or three more times to see if yeah. she could do it supersonically, but she she only did that one. So she did you know three sides of the church in a blink, literally the blink of an eye. She went around one corner and immediately reappeared around the other. Hmm. Is there what? If we were to try to attempt to measure time slips or to record time slips, how would we do that? We only all oh, think about it because we are coming up on the, the break. So I don't know if we have enough time to answer. We get about two minutes. We've got all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. But That's I'm psychic, of course. So there you go. Anyway, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, there must be, if if we were attempting to record a time slip or, or, or prove or, or um, get evidence of a time slip other than just testimony, um, how would we do that? Uh, well, the problem is you don't know when and where they're going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we did have a, you did have a, a place where Evidently, uh, you had two instances that occurred. But anyways, we have to take a break. Think about it. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick. And our special guest is Dr. Ann Winspa right here on Tojinet, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. And we're brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. You too can become a member, join and help support the show, just like PBS. Yes, that's it is. But anyways, so we're also brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethlehem, Massachusetts. We'll be right back after the following messages.
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. And welcome back to the second half of the first half of tonight's two-hour Ghost Chronicles double edition. This is the international edition with the gold standard and Van Helsing. But before I go to our special guest, just a quick reminder uh, or just a quick promotion. Um, free stuff from the Society of Psychical Research. What? If what? What? If you're a paranormal investigator. I am. Uh, head over to the SPR's website, spr.ac.uk. Or you can follow the links on the Ghost Chronicles International page. And you you will find the new Investigators Quick Guides, which are all of the essential stuff that investigators need to know. Oh, good. Completely free. Don't have to be a member. It's all there for you. Anyway, our guest tonight is Dr. Anne Winsper. That's so cool. I could do a proper investigation now. That'd be a first. On her her shiny new purple iMac, talking about time. Mm. So, there you go. Uh, So, I mean, really, I mean, how do we measure time? Is it geo, geo, uh, or is it uh, atmospheric? Is it, uh, how the heck are we going to measure this? No. Again, the difficulty is it's like trying to catch a ghost on camera. If you're actively looking, it doesn't happen. It's when you're not looking that it happens. However, there does seem to be some component that does affect the atmosphere because a lot of reports mention the light going dim and sounds becoming really muffled. How we measure that when... We don't actually capture them at the time. I don't know. Um, As you know, there's a street in Liverpool that has lots and lots of time slips. I've spent more hours than I care to remember on that street because I've never seen anything because I'm always looking. 
But you, we, we, we have the CTTV, so why couldn't we go on that same route? Now we have, I mean, we're t- we're, the one in Liverpool. Well, this is, is, this is what I said before. You're relying on somebody getting in touch with you straight away and saying, I just had a really strange experience. And we haven't managed to have that happen yet. This is a good project for the SBR, though. I mean, if they invest in some equipment, you know, whatever. What equipment would they invest in? I know. That's what I'm trying to find out. Uh, I mean, you know. Ed's talking about possible atmospherics. So, you know, is it possible? No, 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 no. Anne's already given you the, 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 the best answer. We live in a nation where we have probably got more CCTV cameras than than per head. Mm-hmm. or per, per square meter than anywhere else in the world. If we can, as Anne said, if somebody come forward and said, last Wednesday afternoon, I was in Bold Street at 3 p.m. when I had a time slip, we would know when to access the CCTV cameras. So what equipment do you want the SPRT? So what, to... wait, wait, what would, wait a minute, what would the cameras show you, though? Well, we don't know because we well, can't we access them. We don't know because we haven't managed to find it. But like Steve said, there are more CCTV cameras in England than in any other country in the world. If something happens, it will be picked up. The problem is getting someone to tell us something's happened within the time frame where we can retrieve the footage. But the question is, will it be a video evidence? Will it be video evidence? It will be something else. Well, yes, obviously it would. Why? because well, we don't know. We, there's a question we can't well answer. That somebody gets in touch with us and says, I was walking up the street last Tuesday and a whole legion of Romans walked past me. They were looking at me really oddly and the buildings looked really strange. And we go, brilliant. We'll get the CCTV footage and there's nothing there. Well, that's proven something to us. At the moment, we've got nothing. We've got nothing at all. And Ron's asking a possible question. Ron Ron said, well, what would it show? Well, we don't bloody know because we haven't bloody got it. Yes. I know, but I mean... That's how long is a piece of string question, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, we thought you talked about that recorder. You recorded, recorded for 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, if there was a CTTV there, would that show anything? Probably not. No, we didn't. Probably show you walking back to the thing and going back to it. I don't know. We can play the if only game all day long. I know, but you've got to start somewhere. What I'm trying to say. Supposing there was a U2 spy plane going over. Supposing there was a geostationary satellite in orbit over the church at Shocklack. I don't know. We had what we had, and as I said before, we could rule out faults with the recorder. Beyond that, we kept it because it was an oddity. Right, but I'm just trying to say that even if you had CTV running at that point in time, would the CTV actually show you anything? Well, we don't know. I don't know because it wasn't. It wasn't, and we didn't. I know. But I go back to the question that you asked before. What, you know, you said, oh, there's a project for the SPR. They could buy equipment. What equipment would they buy? Well, Ed brought up the 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 premise that the light had something to do with light and muffled sounds, which so what sounds atmospheric to? to me more than anything. No, the uh, first the first thing we need to do 
is get CCTV footage. That's true. I I I don't disagree with because that. Because that shows us whether there's something objectively happening outside the person or not mm-hmm. that can be caught on camera. That's the first step. We can start worrying about what's causing it to happen when we know whether it's something that shows up or not. That will give us a clue potentially about what's happening. Because if the witness says, I walked across the road and nearly bumped into this person who was dressed in clothes from the 1920s, and you look at the CCTV, we can't see anything on there, but we can see them suddenly swerve round something. That gives us a bit of a clue about what might potentially be happening. But there's no point. Yes, there might be some sort of atmospheric thing going on, but we need we need this video evidence before we start looking at anything else. But you have you have a medium who will tell you, OK, I see a ghost standing in the corner there or excuse me, whatever. The ghost or a dead person standing in the corner there and your video picks up nothing, of course. But that person sees that that ghost standing in the corner. So it doesn't really dis- dismiss the the person's personal experience. He still saw it as far as he's concerned, but there's no video evidence that anything occurred. Well, everything we look at, or certainly everything I look at, is looking specifically at the experience of the people. But now we've got lots of experiences and we need to start from scratch working our way through all the different elements to see what supports it, what doesn't support it, what evidence is there. And I would say the very first thing we need is CCTV. And then we can start worrying about the more complicated stuff. Because we, can, if somebody tells us, I can guarantee you, there isn't a street in a town anywhere in this country that isn't covered from one end to the other in CCTV. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I watched, uh, yeah, that on, that, we have that on TV here. We watched Britain on CTV mm. TV. But yeah, the, uh, the, okay, now I've got my chair. Oh yeah, so yeah, oh, so CTTV is you're gonna, but I, I just, I just think it's, you know, there must be a better way of doing it rather than. I understand what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. We'll write to the SPR and we'll get them to chuck a load of money at because. But Ron look, Steve. Look, no, look at, but look, Steve. You and Ann were both on that in search of, and you both talked about uh, that particular street, correct? Yes. Okay. So uh, many reported incidents there. Any in modern times, or are they all beyond CTV TV? There's been modern ones, but I never recall exactly when they took place, and yeah. it's usually months of elapsed before never we hear about them. When they happen, they're always reported some time afterwards, because yeah. most of the people who report these. They're not people who go around going, oh, I've seen ghosts. Oh, I've had a time slip. These are people who are really embarrassed that something unusual happened to them and they don't want to tell anyone. Then they might hear somebody, they might hear us talking on a show like this about time slips and they go, God, I wasn't going mad. Something did happen. And then they contact us and say, last year I was here and this happened. And we can't do anything with it then apart from make a note of it and 
add it to our pile of people who say they've had experiences. Nobody has an experience and immediately goes, right, who can I tell about this? They're all people who don't normally come into contact with unusual experiences in their day-to-day life. Yeah, but paranormal experiences occur all over the place. I mean, you have black cats, you have other things that the, the local farmer sees and goes into the pub and tells his mates in the pub, hey, I saw this black cat there. And, and you know, the, the stories go around that. But do you think in the future, since we are, let's, we are more awakened now, I guess, uh, that there'll be more people posting on Facebook and other social media that you say you say we're more awake I'm not sure that's entirely true because in in our community of paranormal investigators Mm -hmm. yes we are but there's still a vast proportion of people who aren't in the least bit interested in paranormal experiences and these are the people who inevitably have one and then are far too embarrassed to tell anyone because they're not sure what's happened they think they're going mad and they think everyone's going to laugh at them yeah i don't know i i, I just think of well i mean here's some number here's right. some numbers to flesh out what Andrew. all right thanks ryan the, popula- Thank the population of the uk is currently about 67 million mm-hmm. um there was a newspaper survey uh, two years ago that suggested that there were around 12,000 paranormal investigators in around about eight to tw- uh, eight to hundred to a thousand groups. If we or if we also if we say double or treble that number of 12,000 mm-hmm. to incorporate people who go on occasional public ghost hunts because they they like that sort of entertainment that's about 36 to 50,000 people out of how many the population of 67 million yeah okay okay i get your point okay the vast majority of the population frankly don't care hmm. and wouldn't know who to tell anybody you know who are they going to tell oh so weird they might tell they might you know go home and say oh really hell something really weird happened to me before a whole roman legion i nearly tripped over them in the high street did you you've been to the pub yeah no and that's that's the some call you know weird stuff happens they'll tell perhaps a wife or a family you know family friend or family member who will probably being british take the mickey out of them and it'll never be mentioned again Plus, it's considerably more difficult nowadays because I'll give you two examples. Every time we go into Chester on a Saturday to have lunch, (laughs) Gary says to me, oh, there's a time slip because there's all sorts of people wandering around dressed as Romans because they're doing tours. (laughs) Um, The other thing is we went down by the cathedral a couple of months ago and suddenly we were in 1940s wartime. Because there was a film set that had been set up there. And it's the same in most towns nowadays. You can't turn a corner without bumping into a film crew who've changed the street into some historical street. There's lots of reenactors wandering around at weekends. You know, unless, unless. It's like with a ghost. You could be talking to a ghost and you'd never know it unless they did something weird like disappeared in front of you. It's the same with time slips. Unless something unusual happens, like you you say, 
hang on a minute, that shop wasn't there half an hour ago, or somebody disappears in front of you. And then looking back, you say, actually, the, the atmosphere was a bit weird. Unless something triggers you into thinking, gosh, that was really strange, you can miss these things completely. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, when I think of time sleeps, I always think of the ones where you're actually in a different period. So, you know, you, you could, you know, tell, like, for instance, the, the Civil War, when they opened the elevator to see Civil War soldiers. It's but again, we we did a bit of research years and years and years ago. People are very, very bad at being able to tell what period of history they're in. Oh, and yeah. really bad at being able to describe what period clothes people are wearing that makes sense too that's that's i'm one of those so you can put me right to know that because i can, can't even tell i mean i'm still dressing from 1960s okay uh so that somebody true. could see me they could i could they think i might have been from a time so have you still got the sailor suit on i do have the sailor suit yes i do <laughs> think that, that wasn't me that was my older brother oh god <laughs> but anyway well, we just inherited the sailor suit <laughs> no, I did not. Probably went to my sister. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It, it, time slips is, is an intriguing thing. Uh, it, it, it just like it could. Is it time travel or is it something else? Is it dimensional uh, viewing or, or some well, other? Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you're labeling it because. I'll, I know. I'll, I, I can't. I'm just. And so I'm, sure, I'm, by I'm it. sure. I'm sure. Anne is dying to point out the obvious that there's no difference virtually between a time slip and a haunting. Correct. In terms of the reported experience. I agree with that too. Go ahead. So you know, every time you go on a ghost hunt, is it really a time slip? That's a good point. Or every time you see a time slip, is it really a haunting? What's right. the difference? Doctor Winsper. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you're asking me. That's the point I always say. I always say it's almost like it's on a continuum. You know, what is the difference between a haunting and a time slip? Is it the scale of it? Is it something different? But certainly the lines blur very much between them. I don't know. Is a Would a time slip be more grand than a haunting, for instance? So... Where we talk about a haunting, we talk about, say, for instance, you see a ghost. I'm using that as an example. And so you're seeing one person, whereas a time slip, you may be in, see a different building or, or something, uh, you know, that's, you know, more grand than a single person. There are ghostly buildings from the past. There are apparitions. Oh, that, is that, that, that are they ghostly buildings or are they yes, time slipping? Yes, there are. No, there are reports. No. Or are they time slipping buildings? Yeah, the, the airplanes, the, the ghost airplanes. Is the apparition they, a, a ghost of a monk or is it a monk time slipping? That's forward into our period of time. Or are you time slipping back to his period? Or is this actually someone from the medieval period that's been mistaken for a monk because of what yeah. he's wearing? Yeah. I need Scott oh, so oh. I'll tell you what, it must, it's going to get easier in the future, though, because, or well, harder, actually, sorry. It's going to get a lot harder in the future because we won't even be able to give them a bloody gender soon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be intriguing in itself, yes. But uh, I'm I, not really sure they're that bothered, Steve. <laughs> I think being dead is probably top of their list of priorities. 
I don't know. There was one on um, television before. I'm sure. I'm sure that they would, if they survived death and came back as an apparition, they would still want to make a political statement about it. Uh, I'm sure there will be. Anyway. All right, so uh, I kind of ate up most of this hour on stupid time slipping. I apologize for that, but I, I just, I just find it very intriguing. And hour? It's only I, five, yeah. it's, we've only been on the show five minutes. I yeah, really. <laughs> Let me check my recorder. Uh, and so, you, what have you been up to? I mean, you have now you're a doctor now, which is you know cool. Uh, it's more than Steve is, but that's no. <laughs> <laughs> So you, he has to kiss your ring now. I understand, but oh, thank you, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good friend, but he's not that good of a friend. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Backpedal. Time to backpedal, Ron. Uh, but, 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 but. <laughs> so you, you did your you got your doctorate on on uh, EVPs. Uh, yeah. That's the shot part of it. It really was more than that. It was more detailed right not just word evps yeah i'm currently trying to do some journal articles but um i think we're going to do three or four journal articles this is the first one and unfortunately the word limit for a journal article is eight thousand words and it's already twenty eight and a half thousand words i'm not quite sure what i'm gonna do with that but never mind break it up into many <laughs> yeah i'll i'll take over the spr journal for the next five years hang on is it a jspr article paper um yes it probably will be well the paper I, I've submitted over 30,000 word once. The oh, ultrasound okay. one was at well over 30,000 words. Did they keep it? Yeah, <laughs> published in full. Oh, wow. You know, how many I used something then, but you would have taken it the wrong way and it wasn't meant that way. I was going to say maybe they were short of stuff, but I didn't mean <laughs> it that way. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Which is probably true. I just submit it as is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So yeah, so you're writing articles. Uh, what was your results on the EVPs? Because we, you know, we all didn't read that article that you published on it. Well, basically, okay. all the things I was looking at that may have been causing people to misinterpret didn't have any effect whatsoever. Well, that was positive for me because I was looking at all the psychological things that people always say oh well people who believe in the paranormal they imagine this and they make up that whereas my results don't really show that at all i show that people are actually quite sensible most of the time and a lot of what the skeptics say isn't necessarily true but then a lot of what the evps say isn't necessarily true either I've been doing a lot of digging around uh, original sources and some of the EVPs are not quite as truthful in their quoting <laughs> as you may have hoped they would be. <laughs> Unfortunately, because they're the ones who've been publishing papers for the last 20 years, everything that they've said has been taken as gospel. But when you look at the original sources, it's like, yeah, that isn't actually what was said. So 
yeah, I'm digging around that kind of stuff at the moment. So I'm going to make myself very unpopular again. I was just going to think that, yeah. But you're well, going to get, show, you going to get shouted like at anyway. There's, there's at least one famous EVP person who hates me, and I was actually <laughs> quite nice to them, but they took it the, completely the wrong way, and they hate me now. So it's not going to make any difference if they hate me even more, really. Right, at least you noticed anyways, right? <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> Hate me, you love me, at least you notice me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the problem. We 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 uh a lot of the early EVP stuff seems so so much better than what we're attaining uh in the paranormal world today with the EVPs that we're getting. I mean, we're we're talking, you know, hours of of good according to the the people at the time uh quality evps that uh that are more than just one word that sounds like uh you know we had sentences we had different languages uh There's still people obtaining allegedly results what what concerns me is that a lot of the evps are using it as evidence of an afterlife and evidence of what that afterlife is like and all their results seem to be backing it up but from what they're saying the afterlife seems to be somewhere i wouldn't really want to go there seems to be they're only allowed to communicate with us in certain ways and they're only allowed to give us certain bits of information and if they accidentally start to give us more they get told off and they're not allowed to communicate again and there seems to be all these strict rules around it but all the evidence that they're gathering seems to be according to them backing up this view um and i'm i'm wondering whether they're sort of getting lost in it a bit um but anyway um just pressing their own agenda basically pardon they're just pressing their own agenda yes very much so yes yeah um as the early evp people did did i they they are quite um what's the word i'm looking for if you do question anything they do get quite upset about it whereas for me that was very diplomatic i know i'm trying really hard to be diplomatic nowadays (laughs) For me, it doesn't matter whether they're voices of the dead or whether it's misperception. I just want to know what it is. But I find it hard to have a dialogue with some of them because they're so entrenched in their view. They get upset if you ask them questions. See, that's that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, if you can't be questioned on your work, then why put your work out there? Again, I I do actually believe that there's something in it, but I'm not quite convinced that it's constant communication telling us about this strange afterlife. Mm -hmm. I think it's far more random than that. Um, I'll be going between the two of you before you two. So when, when I get there, I will give you a dissertation on the afterlife. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll mark it. Clear and concise because nobody can tow me off. That's for sure. Anyways, we've we've run out of time, so I'm sorry about that. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, I would like to know the name of your cats. I've got Lucifer Morningstar. 
Oh, cool. I've got Vincent, I've got Sally, and <laughs> I've got Lenore. Lenore. That's a great poem. It is indeed. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I did, uh, yeah. Well, anyways, we got to go. So, anyways, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, uh, what are we, International, right here on Tojanet. I am Ron Kolick, and with me today, of course, as usual, is the gold standard himself, Mr. Steve Parson. And our very, very special guest tonight was Dr. Ann Winspar. And I always want to make it Winspar instead of Spur. Is it Winspur, right? Winspur. Spur. I always want to make it Winspar for some reason, but that's me. Anyways, thank you, Ed, so much for joining us. And, thank uh, you for asking me. Yeah, and you have a great night, and uh, enjoy the little kitties. I will. So, anyways, uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the end of Massachusetts, and the very good friends at Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. We'll be talking sea monsters and other cryptoids with uh somebody anyway. and don't forget your free stuff from the spr oh yeah yeah go you, know, you got to put that link up there steve the link's already on the ghost chronicles international page oh, good man all right good night, everyone god bless and stay safe to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.